in a world of dungeons, dragons, and devious DMs, four adventurers set out to save the mysterious land of Blail Flow. I'm Frank Bunty. I'm Bonnerail. I'm Lord Sugar. I'm Draco Justice. And I'm Doddy, the resident DM. Nerd OD&D from the Nod Network. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and wherever else you get podcasts. You just release the pressure, because everyone knows the hug is over. Any longer, and it'll be weird. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Nerd OD Podcast with your most fabulous host, Reginaldo. And Dan. And Dave. Bad shot. It's a full house, ladies and gentlemen. Don't all get too excited at once. Who's it may never happen it? again. <laughs> um, once in a while, all the stars align and we get a, a foursome of noddlings on this show. So who's put their Christmas decorations up? I was talking. About, I was talking today to this about someone, and I was talking about like once Halloween's over. Like I'm not a big Halloween guy, right? It's not a big thing for me. So once Halloween but is you're over, you're American. Uh, yeah, but I don't. I don't go for Halloween. It is, it, you know, not, I don't. I'm not trying to to ruin everyone else's day. Like He's if you want to enjoy American. it, He's shut up, American. Shut up, plastic <laughs> scouser. Anyway, so it's. <laughs> If people want to get dressed up and do their thing, that's their business. I'm happy for them. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin that for anybody. I'm just not involved. So the moment that's out of the way, I'm ready for Christmas, man. I think you know. I spent years in retail where Christmas songs got like drilled into my head. Where I'm fine with that now. Like I'm totally cool with the idea that it's Christmas now. Let's just get on with it because I like Christmas ultimately. So, um, yeah. Listen to Christmas songs, get your tree up, get your decorations up. I'm there for you. I'm all on the same side. Also, watch Nightmare Before Christmas, the transition film. I do, yeah. I agree with that. I feel that that definitely is the transition film. That doesn't mean that you can suddenly um, put your Christmas decorations up. Uh, I I, I understand why some people are putting them up this year early like i saw there's a christmas tree in, in general no up in my apartment block like about two weeks ago and i i for a second judged them hard and then i was like do you know what like time has lost all meaning at the moment and people just need something to make them feel better so as long as it was a uh, like ah oh, screw this i'm putting my tree up i need something then i'm all for it um but yeah, you can watch Nightmare Before Christmas, and that is the gateway to starting to watch Christmas films. I think. I have to confess, I'm not one for a Nightmare Before Christmas. I don't oh, know why. It doesn't Christmas. do it for me. It doesn't do it for me. I went to see it at the cinema a few weeks ago before it all closed down again. Ah. That, that was literally the only time I ever watched it. I went to pictures to see it, and I was like, that that, that was quite good. Um, and then I bought it on video, never watched it. Um, <laughs> bought it on DVD. And then I think it was with Ash, and I think Ash was like, I don't think I've ever seen it. And I was like, we will watch this at some point. And then we never did, oh, and we right. never will. Now so, it's on so Disney+. Who, Plus, so. so who who has their Christmas decorations up? Well, I'm presuming you've got yours up right now, I mean, which is why this conversation started. I really hope but not. I hope we are, next I, words are, we are about to. I felt, I felt like I was late putting them up. Because there's a couple of people in my street that have already got them up. Yeah, because so I thought, right, okay, if, uh, if, if, they're, if they're putting them up, I'm putting mine up. See, that that is what happens. 
that is the the slippery slope of like, well, if it's all right for them, it's going to be all right for me. It always happens. It's a cascade effect. Well, Ash's mum and dad always put their uh, their Christmas decorations up very early. Uh, it becomes a running joke that it's like February and it's not up yet. Um, so they, they've had theirs up for about a week now. Maybe when I used to live in Aberystwyth, yeah, um, the, the Christmas lights in town used to be up all year round, like ge- genuinely and lit up at night because they wanted to just attract tourists. I think they were trying to be a, a little mini Welsh Blackpool, but it failed miserably. I think that's what Ash's mum and dad are doing. <laughs> just trying to attract tourists to the house. But no. Um, right. 25th of off. November is the earliest it's allowed. Well, I'd say I don't even think that. I think I, I've got no say in the matter anyway from the conversation we're about to have. But I think the very earliest it should ever go up is the first weekend in December. I, I um, agree with that. That's, that's that, when that, I would. That, that's the very, very earliest. It should always be 12 days before, is what I've grew up with. And then 12 days after you take it down. <clears throat> um, but yeah, we're now putting them up on Saturday. So there's that. Mm. So um, Ash's mum and Chris phoned me up and was just like, uh, Reg, you know where we usually have Oliver like, at certain points throughout the, the month? And I was like, yeah, we'll have him for you on Saturday. And I was like, oh. Oh, nice. So, like, Ash is off, I'm off, and I was like, oh, we're going to go, you know, have a nice stay. We're going to go do all these fancy things. And Ash was like, oh, brilliant. Right, do you want to take the step ladders um, from the mums to ours so we can get up in the loft? And I was like, well, what are we putting up in the loft? And all of a sudden, the realization hit me, and I was like, it's a Christmas decks, isn't it? And that's why they're having Oliver. <laughs> oh, so, like, all fancy plans out the window, and it's Christmas decorations because it shouldn't take all day, and it probably won't. But what happens is I am dead shit at doing the Christmas lights, Christmas tree lights. I fucking hate them. I'm no good at them. I am absolutely fucking awful at them. So then Ash takes over and goes, look, this is how you do it. And does it fairly simple. So I'm like, me, 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 me. I'm dead good. I can do this. So then I see my ass. So then she's like, well, fuck you. And then we start having <laughs> this like, little mini stupid tip for no reason. Um and then obviously we've got the rest of the night. Oliver, listen, I'm like, great, we haven't even got like the, I'll come up and check on Oliver, everything's fine. <laughs> so I'm like, oh. <laughs> so, but hopefully this year it's going to be a really nice, smooth running transition. Mm. That's the hope. And we do have a load, a load of uh, Disney uh, ornaments from the uh, from the website. We've sort of fell down a massive, mm-hmm. massive rabbit hole on the Disney website. Uh, it's not good. Because <laughs> we bought, obviously, for, for Oliver's birthday, you got Buzz and Woody. Um, the action figures, yeah. And then I seen they had a the Buzz Lightyear in the box as a Christmas decoration, and it still like does all the phrases and stuff. And I was like, <laughs> that's cool. Like we'll grab that as well. And then I seen they had a Wally, and I was like, oh my god, they've got a Wally and Eva Christmas decoration. We're having that as well. <laughs> um, so we got them, and I was like, that's awesome. And then obviously it's his birthday coming up, and then Disney sent us an email going, hey guys, it's like thirty percent off all the uh, Toy Story uh, range of figures. And I was like, ah. So while the first sort of week of Oliver having Buzz and Woody and Forky was like, oh, my God, this is the best thing ever, he's now noticed on the back of the box that Jesse's on the back of the box and Bo Peep is on the back of Woody's box. So now all he does is bring the box up to us and just point to the figures and be like, yeah, what I've got is great. Where the fuck are these? And I'm like, right, okay, cool, don't worry. So for now Christmas, <laughs> he's got Rex, Bo Peep, um, Rex, Bo Peep, Jesse, and Bullseye 
are all coming because they've all got thirty percent off on the uh, on the Disney Store website, and they knew they knew that that was going to happen. And I'm like, God damn it! And it's marketing just, done right. It is. It's done very. The problem with Speaking the of the Disney ornaments, though, is that most of them aren't Christmas themed. Well, they just... are are either in Wally. The, yeah, the Wally one is the Wally. They're all wrapped up in string lights, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So that's quite cool. But all the rest are just like, yeah, here's. Here's Mickey Mouse. Here's well, speak, speaking of, of Toy Story, I watched um, Toy Story 2 yesterday for the first time in a long time, very long time. And I got to say, those those films, they aged up like every film got up just th- yeah. when, there's, when there's serious peril, it like amps up to the next level because – some of the shit goes on in Toy Story 2. You're like, damn, this is some, this is some grown-up shit for a kid's film. And, I, yeah, I was really surprised by it because I only recently saw Toy Story 4, and that was a great film. But I, I probably haven't seen Toy Story 2 for, I don't know, 10 years, something like that. Um, and watching it through and going, okay, it's actually pretty serious. There's some real sinister moments. In this. Yeah, you don't realize it, do you, when you first proper watch it? But when you go back and watch it, you're like, ooh, that's quite dark. Like, ooh. Yeah. That, that's quite grim. And the other thing you notice as well is like Ash now hates watching Toy Story One because it it graphically aged badly compared to when you watch Toy Story Four and stuff. Now you're like, oh, they've come along a long, long way. So like, it is grim when you go back and watch the original Toy Story. Now you're like, oh yeah, that, that doesn't. Look yeah, um, I'm guessing that the Disney Plus version of Toy Story Two doesn't have the um that you know that outtake at the end when um what's his name kelsey Grammer's character the prospect of pete or whatever his name is stinky pete um mm. he's talking to two barbie dolls and telling them that they can get ahead in this game if if they go along with him or whatever and it's got that, very weinstein weinstein that definitely to it. wasn't at the end of the film i can confirm no. that shit <laughs> uh, it's it watch it it's on youtube i remember i remember watching it at the cinema and not even buying an eyelid, thinking, oh, that Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. Also, when you think about Kelsey Grammer being a crazy right-wing nut job these days, Frasier hits different. If you <laughs> if you watch Frasier now, knowing what Kelsey Grammer's up to these days, it's a real different show. Well, either that or he's just a fantastic actor, because you wouldn't believe for a second that he was crazy right-wing batshit. Mm. Um, you know, which he is. So. <laughs> I hear he's just generally crazy. Yeah, 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 definitely. One and the same, really. Yeah. So what's everyone been up to other than <laughs> the Christmas trees? <laughs> I thought we were just done there. i got to tell you what I've gotten into, and I'm really surprised because my – so The Witcher, right? Mm. My knowledge of The Witcher is not the book series. It's not the excellent game series. It's just the Netflix series, right? That's, that's my only experience of The Witcher. Um, but I've really gotten into – they've got the game Gwent on the iPhone. And other <laughs> other smartphones. That's and the it's, card game, right? Yeah, and it's a it's a lot like Hearthstone, but but there's a different kind of tactical edge to it. But it's like it's all within the Witcher, you know, the, the lore, which I don't really know any of. Um, but I've really gotten into it because it's actually it's quite fun and it's addictive, but not in a bad way. And it's the kind of game where you don't you can pay for stuff if you want to, but if you don't, you don't actually end up any worse off. It seems, which is quite cool. Um, yeah, I've, I've gotten into playing that. I I got so drawn into Gwent on um, on The Witcher Three because you you can go around and in The Witcher Three there's like side missions. So the cards that you get in the in, in Gwent, <coughs> all of them actually in The Witcher Three, um, and you go around you can challenge as many people as you want. 
And like I spent must be about forty plus hours just playing Gwent and fight, like getting people's cards and losing the cards, seeing my arse massively. And then there was one card that you had a um like a trophy uh, to get like certain cards. Um, and I got most of them. And then when I wasn't thinking, I was looking through some like I was playing some guy um in a in a tavern. Um, and he played some cards and I was like, hey, 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 this would be an easy one. And then knew what card I wanted to pick, picked the wrong fucking card and lost my entire deck. Oh. And that <laughs> cost me. And the worst thing was, as soon as I lost that game, I was like, I can't believe it. And instead of quitting mid-game, I was like, just unbelievable. And when I looked up, it was like, quick save, complete. And I was like, oh, oh, no, oh, you mother. So that was my entire Gwen thing gone. So when I seen you released it, like standalone, I was like, "Fuck you," <laughs> and everything you fucking stand for, Gwent. I'm not a fan of uh, you, so, Gwent. So having not, so was that in The Witcher Three? Yeah, and it's damn addictive. It's uh, it's that standalone game that you've got. So I was like, I might give it a quick go, um, and I was like, oh, I just want to play Witcher Three now. <laughs> but, but what's it like? What is Gwent in The Witcher games? Because I presume it's not the same as this game, because this is very much designed as a mobile game. It's so it's. Yeah, so it is literally, apart from obviously the story mode bit that you've got to Gwent um, and the mobile game, the actual physical game you play is exactly what you play in The Witcher 3. It hasn't changed. So anything, you you know, special cards and stuff you can you can get in that, you can get in The Witcher 3's version of Gwent. Um, they've obviously added a couple of little mini tidbits to it to make it a bit more of a like, oh, come play this. But it's, it's by the by exactly the the same title it's just for people who had finished the witcher 3 and don't don't want to load it back up again just to specifically play gwen like hey look you can play it standalone here now um but yeah damn it was addictive um and yeah that was one of the main i spent about 80 hours in the witcher 3 and got nowhere near the end because i spent about half of it literally playing gwent um But I've been playing Hearthstone again recently after your conversation saying like, oh, yeah, you need to, you know, I've been playing Hearthstone. I was like, oh, I miss that. Might have to have a quick go of that. Um, and I've started doing the tavern brawls now because I haven't touched a tavern brawl before. Um, yeah. And I've been having so much fun with it because it just randomizes the cards in each hand. So you don't have to think, right, I'm going to build this deck and mm. oh, I'll put that onto it. It's just literally every single game is just a randomized deck that you get. And I was like, this makes it so much more fun. And I'm having an absolute blast with it. So that's fun because now I've sold my PS4 as well. Um, I've, I've genuinely, I don't, I don't possess a console myself. I was saying to Ash, I was like, it's really weird. Like, this is the first time ever where I personally don't own a console. Like, Ash owns more consoles than I do. <laughs> and I was like, that's, that's just fucking weird. And she was like, yeah, but you've got a game laptop. And I was like, you're right. And Shadowlands is out tomorrow. So for the people listening yesterday, um, it's also, you know, I've got that to keep me occupied forever. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's weird for the first time in history. I'm like, this is very, very bizarre. <laughs> so I've just been now addicted to playing um, mobile games because I'm like, while well, I'm not got the laptops up, I'll, like, I'll just have a quick go of, of Hearthstone. I'm just absolutely smashing through Hearthstone. Yeah. So much fun. And, that's, and it's it's a weird thing where like I'm just there's not a lot of games that I play on my phone, but this one just like I really I just like I'm really enjoying playing this game. Yeah, it is fun. It is fun. It's interesting so, that it'd be the same on on in the actual 
Witcher game because it just feels like it's the kind of thing that will be very, very different. Mm. No, it's. Um, I think that, like I said, they probably tailored it slightly just to make it a bit more fancier. But it's it's genuinely if you if you like that game, I recommend playing The Witcher Three. And uh, and even if you don't do the the gazillion mini quests and side quests and stuff, mm. you can just go around town to town just playing Gwent against everybody. <laughs> Well, that yeah, it's it's very much a game that I wanted to get into at some point, but there's just so many other titles that it's just it's so big that I knew if I got into it, I'm there forever. And also with my Xbox uh, deciding to to have moments to itself, um, that has now because I don't know if I mentioned on the on the podcast because I think I told you guys off podcast, but um, I discovered that my Xbox was just in warranty, just yeah, about six weeks. So I have sent it back to be looked at, hopefully repaired or replaced, and not just sent back and them saying, no, it's totally fine, because it's not. Um, but I have to wait. It's, been, it's going back to Frankfurt to be repaired. So I, I have sent it to Frankfurt, and I am uh, waiting for it to arrive. It should arrive tomorrow. Um, but it's a, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a long wait. It's a long wait for it to get there, and hopefully when I get it back, the games I can actually play. Um, because I'm, I'm missing it a little bit. Talking about Xbox and warranty claims and stuff. Do you remember that time I tried to sue Microsoft? I do. I do, which is why if, if, my, if it had been out of warranty, I was going to enlist your help to find a way. Because well, I presume there's yeah, a loophole somewhere. Didn't you somewhere. sue them even though it was your fault? Uh, yeah, and mm-hmm. then I withdrew. <laughs> um, so, like, I know I sent the bailiff around and everything. Poor, poor Jan. Um, so I was thinking about this the other day because I was watching this uh, video that popped up on my on my Facebook videos feed uh, of Microsoft uh, sending this guy to prison for a year and fining him $30,000 um, because he started a company to um, to recycle e-waste and he basically reproduced um, uh, Dell um recovery discs uh to be sold with refurbished laptops um and in the end they got that they, they threw like 15 court cases at him and the one that stuck was was the fact that he used the, the dell and the microsoft uh, icon on the cds not for <laughs> distributing the software um but there was other cases that they tried to take him but they basically really he really upset them so I was just thinking about this the other day and thinking, okay, if he really upset them. That could have been you, Sean. That could have been you. <laughs> Do you imagine? Uh, well, it would have been quite interesting. Well, I've been to, doing two things this week, and two of you are going to be very happy with the things I've been doing. One of you is not going to care. Um, one, I finished watching The American Office. Waiting for Sean. Oh, uh, it's a Right. <laughs> Hang yeah. on, the last time I spoke to you, you were the same point I was, so you must have binged about three seasons. I watched quite a lot. I probably watched about four or five episodes a night. I just... So that tells me, Dan, that you weren't you weren't paying attention. No, I was. That was um that was while I was in bed. So would you agree with with what I said in in the sense that it didn't there wasn't really a bad season? No, it's very weird. A lot of a lot of shows run out of steam once they've gone on for that long, um, and especially when you know, big the cast main character leaves. Yeah. Well, quite a few characters drop out along the way, but yeah. every every actor or actress that they replaced them with, you know, they got a new a new person at the office was great. There wasn't yeah. the the only the only person that I wasn't that uh, Catherine Tate. 
personal. No, she was good. She, she really? was actually, yeah, she was actually quite entertaining. Um, it was what's it? Um, plop. He's just he had nothing about him. It was just a facilitator story where um, who's plop? Plop Pete, one of the interns. Oh yeah, I didn't like him at all. No, no. But other than that, everyone was entertaining to the point that. where, without giving away spoilers of how it all ends, when they show you know everyone gets reunited at the end. Um, it was just ending. yeah, it was really nice going. Oh, it's them. Oh yeah, them. I forgot that they they haven't been in it for about two yeah. years. What did you think of uh, What did you think of Robert California? Um, yeah, he was good. I, he was a smaller part than I thought he was going to be. Yeah. Um, but ra- rather than having a little chit chat about it, it's really Sorry. weird that there's a lot of shows that are like that where it's like um, mockumentary style, so like Modern Family, um, Parks and Rec, and things like that, where you know they'll they'll do the um, the interview sections where they're talking about what happened, like a lot of American reality shows will do. Um, and all the way through the office, I was sat there thinking, and I've, not, I've never thought it with anything like Modern Family, but the, they'd show something that someone wasn't supposed to see. Like, I don't know, someone might have done something illegal or some something that they didn't want to get out, something that's going to be kept a secret. I'm like, but this is, in this world, this is then getting shown on TV because yeah. it's a documentary. So everyone's going to see it. And all the way through, I was like, that just really annoys me. It takes away from it that... That none of them are famous because they've been on TV clearly for like eight years at this point. Yeah. In in their universe, they should be famous. Like, why do the modern family people not walk down the street and then have people coming up to them and go, "Oh, you're Phil Dunphy." But they they pointed it out, didn't they? This is it. Didn't it. Get, it in like get... season eight, nine, or whatever, the, the last season, they actually. That's when it got shown. They, yeah. Yeah, they make a point of going, "Oh, we've been filming this for nine years." And now it's uh, it's all going to be shown now as like a, a series, so that was pretty clever. And it was it was also a nice when, ending. When Michael Scott left as well, when when Thingy left, Steve mm. Carell left. One of his lines was, "Will you let me know when it airs?" So you know they were they were yeah. making reference to that, and that was yeah, like I think yeah, there, 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 there were a couple of couple of moments before them that I thought, oh okay, maybe that makes sense. But it was yeah, it was it was odd. It suddenly took away this whole thing of 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 um of me. I don't know, questioning the thing. I'd have never thought of it before, but now whenever I watch anything else in the same vein, I'm going to be thinking exactly the same thing. <laughs> there's a there's a couple of other things to bring up. Two two of my major issues with it was first of all, uh, what did um, oh, what was the name of the owner of the company in the in the early seasons? Um, you know, I, the CEO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did he think when he watched the show back and saw that Dwight was in his son's bedroom? <laughs> true. There's a lot of things like that. There's definitely a lot of moments like that. And the second thing, where did they put that massive table that's in the conference room when they've got all the seats in? Yeah. And and at no point does, does anyone who's on camera care that they're on camera, like yeah. wherever else they go. There'll be a camera there waiting for them. So yeah, it's a bit. It's the it, it, thing is, if you if you start questioning that, then you just I don't know. It loses there's all the there's that. a podcast called Office Ladies that I would mm. uh, strongly recommend listening to. Yeah, and who who is that? That's two of them, right? Yeah, because the, they're friends <laughs> in real life. It's Jenna Fisher and Angela K- Kenzie, the um the the girl that plays um, yeah, Ange- Angela. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing as well. Is a lot of the characters have yeah. the same first name. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's just easier that way, isn't it? And you've also got the the woman that was in um, Inside Out, uh, Phyllis. 
her name's Phyllis mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she was uh, she was originally a cast a casting director uh, in the office, and um, they couldn't uh, they, they they eventually wrote her in and said you should you should try for this part. Um, and that's what made her famous. She never wanted to be an actor. She just accidentally started doing it in the office. Um, What's interesting, the whole sort of cross-pollination of actors and stuff. So I have been watching um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which I think is fantastic and everybody should watch it. Um, And the the actor, his name escapes me, unfortunately, who plays Daryl in the office. I've only seen him in a few scenes. Obviously, I've not watched it uh, thoroughly, but he plays a recurring character in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and he is absolutely phenomenal in that show but he's because he is brilliant he's in uh hot tub time machine as well Um, yeah it's the thing where he just he shows up but in that every episode he shows up he absolutely makes the episode and i think that is such a cool thing uh for someone to have that kind of prowess where you're like oh i i know you from these things and you're always really good yeah so dan can you see why i'm rewatching it can you see why Um, i love it yeah a little bit because it is it's, it's amazing background TV because there's always something going on. Especially now you know where it's going. It's sort of I understand how it would be one day. Definitely not as much as you do, but I could imagine <laughs> it just being put on. It's like it's like you know you could put the, the back in the day when you used to watch TV and not just press a button and watch whatever the heck you wanted. Yeah. Um, you know you'd be flicking through and you'd go to E4 and be like, oh look, Friends is on or Big Bang Theory is on or The Simpsons is on. And you could just leave it on and it could be 70% of the way through an episode and you wouldn't care because you, you've, you know, you've seen it before and you just want, you just want something on. I get that it's like that. <laughs> my but, favorite, um, my favorite prank of all time, because the, the, they had pranks like they did in the, um, in the English office, um, was the one that never, it never got shown, but there was just they just talked about it. It was the episode when when uh, Dwight was listing all the issues he had with Jim, um, and he's he's reading them out loud. Um, oh, Toby's reading them, sorry. Um, and one of them is uh, he says he says he tried to make me hit myself in in the face with the phone, and then it cuts to a talking head of Jim who said, "Yeah, I, I just used to." Every day I'd I'd come to work before him and I'd put I'd put a penny in his headset in his handset and one day I just took them all out. <laughs> just just the way he explained it, like you don't have to see it, but it was funny to listen to. Like just making his headset heavier and heavier and heavier, and then one day just taking them out. It's brilliant, fantastic. Anyway, so, uh, one, I agree. One, it's a good show. I don't think you should watch it ten times, though. <laughs> I'll watch it as many times as I want. A, a lot of the people that are in it, I mean, I know there's some people who've gone on to much bigger and better things, but there are some that I, I've never seen in anything else, and I don't think ever will. Um, and the guy who plays Stanley, I can't, I'm trying to find it while while you've been talking. I've been googling. He did but, that video, that music video. It was crazy. Well, um, he's he's doing like he's. He's trying to get a um, a sitcom type thing funded that is just Stanley. I don't know whether he's been given the rights to the character, but it's about him living in Florida and the stuff that, that he's put out there to be like, this is what it's going to be like. It's just him like sitting on his porch talking to his camera. It's really I'd weird. watch that. I'd watch that. Really bizarre. And there's about three different podcasts about The Office with our Office um, actors in. 
that just talking about it. Really? Wow. I thought there was only Very one. Odd. I'm tr- I'm trying to find it. There was a YouTube video that um that talked about it all. I'll, I'll hopefully find it by the time we're. By the time I'm we're trying to think of who wasn't a big who didn't. I mean, because you've got Ed Helms, he's massive. He was in The Hangover. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You've got Rain Wilson. He was in Super. Uh, he's been in a, a few other bits and pieces. Been um, in a lot more notable things than Super. Rain Wilson was in Star Trek Discovery. Which yeah. is a, oh yeah, there's a, Harry there's, a, there's a series of of uh, that discovery that I've not watched yet, which I uh, do want to, but I feel like I've, he was wildly underused in that series. Like they put him yeah. in there, it's like oh wow, it's you know he's it, the it's equivalent of Q, wasn't he? In the office or in Kinda. Star Trek Discovery? In Discovery, he was he was uh, no, you're saying he was underused in what? Underused in Discovery by far. Right. Oh well, yeah, but he's not a permanent character. It's a it's a character from the original series. Um, yeah. I just, one of them. I just, back. I just felt like it was something where whenever he showed up, you're expecting great things because he's a great actor and then nothing really happened with him. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But, you um, know. You've got, uh, I mean, you've got Jim who, who went on to do. <laughs> John, uh, John Krasinski's done very well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he well. certainly has. <laughs> Yeah, but like you're listening to, I'm listening to these uh, these people talk about their auditions, and you know, as I say, there's some uh, actors on the show that weren't actors until they worked on the show, and then all of a sudden they were actors just out of necessity. Another one's Toby. Toby was one of the scriptwriters, and then they brought him on to 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 actually act. Um, yeah, he 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 seems very odd. He's one of the only people um, who doesn't seem to belong in the opening credits. So you, it shows the main actors. It shows you know Michael Scott and it shows yeah. Pam and Jim and puts their and puts their names their their actors' names and then it shows him and he seems like a very um like I don't think he's a big part of it yet. He's one of the only people that's got his name actually on on the opening credits. It's bizarre. Yeah. The rest are uh-huh. all while the episode's airing. But it so seems like it was a. It seems like it was a Kickstarter show for a, for a lot of them. Um, you, you know, listening to the the podcast, they were t- they're all talking about their uh, their auditions and stuff and how they weren't really doing anything anything else. But uh, another thing that's interesting to me is is seeing the because I'm listening to two podcasts at the moment. I'm listening to, to to the Office one and to the Scrubs one, and how the Office actors and actresses all seem to be from a back, from an improv background. Um, so much so that a lot of the script was just, you know, Jim does something or Dwight does something. And like, they just used to interact and then film it and see what had happened. So they had a lot of, a lot of control over what their characters were saying and doing and just improving a lot of it. And then with scrubs, you've got this, that they're, they're more classically trained actors where they, they get a line, they deliver a line, so they can be more sort of methodical with it. And it seems like, despite the fact that there are two very different backgrounds, um, they make two very good shows. Um, and it's something I've never really thought about before listening to the listening to the podcast. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot to be said for shows that go on for as long as they do, and. Yeah, I think that you know, for me, like ten series is just is crazy. That's that's yeah. crazy long time for a show. But you think if they didn't have uh, an improv element to it, there's probably no way it could have lasted. 
if you yeah. think about it, you know, you couldn't just have you can have writers writers room cranking out stuff, you know, forever. But realistically, you need people to bring something that's a little bit different. And I think that if you've got a cast as as talented as that cast was, and you kind of you write for a few seasons, loads of stuff, and then it's like, okay, guys, what do you think? Like, <laughs> you know the characters well enough. Yeah. What should we do now? Um, well, to give you an example, like in 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 the early seasons. Um, what one of the because they the, uh, Greg uh, what's his name Greg Daniels no Greg Davis Greg was it Greg Daniels one of the writers um, he's the one that went on to do Upload as well just yeah that's show. right um, he w- one of the directions he gave um, uh, Jenna Fisher uh, sorry no Angela because uh, Angela needed to go and speak to Jenna. Um, so she was like, just go and hand it, hand her a card or go and talk to her. Um, and we need to film you going because we need to see you, you, your two characters just interact quietly. Um, so Angela made up um, a little uh, card um, for um, for her cat's birthday party. She was invited. So she started inviting people around the office to her cat's birthday party and made this little card for Jenna and took it over and gave it to her. And they kept that and actually made it a theme of the episode. Um, and that's the kind of improv that they used to do is like go over and talk to her. So she went away and thought about why her character would want to go and talk to her. And it was to invite her to a party. Mm. Well, I found this thing I, I was talking about. And the actor, the actor who plays Stanley, he actually tried to kickstart it. It was a show that he wanted to call Uncle Stan. And he did like a little intro video for it to explain what it was going to be and some examples. Um, and it didn't get funded from what I can tell. Oh, that well, surprises me that because there's, like, a, there's a big there's following. A, but there's a whole thing about like a show can be great. But that doesn't necessarily mean that every part of the show is great. It just means yeah. that the, the show was, as a, some of its parts, was great. You take it, I mean, the whole, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't watched it ten times, as you have, Sean. The point of Stanley's character is that he's, he doesn't, he's, he doesn't really do much, right? That's all, isn't no, that kind of his whole shtick? and he's sat down, and he's sleeping, or he's eating, and, you know, it's a very yeah. one-note joke, but it works. That's kind of, that's his shtick, right? Is that's, that's what he does. Um, so the idea that um, there'd be a series about him. Like, I don't, I'm not interested in that. I mean, I'm not a big enough fan for it to be, for me to be the target audience anyway, but just thinking about it, it's like, uh, it doesn't really hit me as something that would be particularly exciting to watch. No, there's plenty of characters in that that you feel might have a chance. I'm glad they don't, but he seems like the odd one. It's, it's you know, all the fact to me that it's him that's trying to do it. Yeah, that hits me as they... kind of odd. I don't think they, because I, I think I think the show works in the way that it does. And when you talk about reunions and stuff, they already the the, the last episode was a reunion. You know what I mean? They've already done it. They already sort of built that into it. Um, well, the so, weird thing I was, I was thinking about the um, the sort of um, Michael Schur shows, so Brooklyn Nine Nine, The Office, Parks and Rec specifically. Yeah. And I realized that there's a little there's a little trope throughout them which i think is really quite good where it's um he's all they've always got the kind of older men who don't do much but but do land occasional really good jokes because you think in in the office you had obviously kevin and stanley in uh, parks and rec you had jerry yeah. and then in brooklyn 99 you've got scully and hitchcock and it's a very similar role throughout but it always 
when the jokes come out, they land pretty well. Like I think in Brooklyn Nine-Nine more than the other ones, Skelly and Hitchcock are involved in the jokes more. But it's interesting that that's kind of like a, a trope of a Michael Schur show. It's always going to be a couple of old guys who are just kind of there and don't do much. Yeah. Did you? Uh, what did you think of of um, of Moe's, um, Michael Shaw's, char- Shaw's character? Yeah, I mean, not in it that much though, really, is he? It's just. But a, when he is, he's absolutely fantastic. I like how there's a lot of people that um, I don't know whether they were already on their way to big things, but loads of people that had little bit parts in it. Um, yeah. Like half the cast of of um, Silicon Valley. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. No, what I liked about what I liked about Mo is not only the fact that he was the writer, but also his character was brought up all the time without him even being in it. True. Like one of my favourite lines is when um <laughs> when when Dwight finds out that he's a dad and he's like, and unless unless somebody taught Mo sex, <laughs> like it's just brilliant. No, big fan. Mm. You said there were two things. Yeah, well, the other thing is I've been um, I've been playing Mass Effect Andromeda, so hey. so basically two things that I should have probably done like <coughs> three years ago, uh, I finally done, um, and one uh, obviously one of them I really enjoyed Mass Effect Andromeda. I actually can't believe how much I'm enjoying it. Really, I'm really annoyed that I just didn't take that plunge <laughs> and spend that little bit more and bought it like a year or two ago. It was it was weird. At first, I was, I think I was looking for all the all the problems with it, uh, and and it is quite glitchy. Um, mm. But it the the sort of the gameplay elements of it would dump you on a planet, and then you would spend the next six hours driving around on a planet, doing little side missions for people. Um, was I was like, okay, I see. This is where they're trying to make it different. It's more like a sort of a world building thing as well as the RPG elements. And at first that bugged me, but now I'm starting to see the sort of the scale of it. Um, I'm really actually enjoying it. And I played it for about eight hours today. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it finally happened. And I'm glad it did. Mm. Welcome to the fold, Dan. Thank you, thank you. Because Andromeda got such a bad rap because it yeah. wasn't it wasn't a direct follow up to the original trilogy. But well, it it's, has, in it, itself, it's, got it's a good game. Elements. It's got enough of the talk to this person, go and do this for me, get that, put that there. But I I can see that they wanted to mix it up. I just think what they mixed it up with isn't. You know, yeah. it, it just has this. You've got to. Like for those who don't know, you've got to um, you've got to find planets that are you're able to settle on because you're in a completely new galaxy and you've got nowhere to live. You've just got this space station, um, so you're the pathfinder and you've got to go and help make these planets that were supposed to be livable, which turned out they're not. Um, you've got to help make them livable um, by doing stuff that I won't go into because that'll spoil some things. Um, but it is just like uh, like every action you do increases the viability of that planet until it's good enough to live on. Um, so it's like, you know, it is, it is almost like a, it's got these Sim City style aspects in, in one way. Um, but then it's mixed with, with a proper Bioware RPG. So it's a bit, it is a bit weird and they tried something, but it, yeah, didn't quite work as well, but I'm enjoying it enough. 
Nice. Well, with you talking about um, spending that little bit more just in order to uh, to play it a little bit earlier, um, have you seen that fucking Super Mario Brothers 3 has just got another auction um, like sort of record? Oh, yes, I did. A sealed copy, right? Yeah, so a sealed copy of Super Mario Brothers 3. So there was one initially earlier this year, right, um, that went up for sale. Um, in the same place. This is for Heritage Auctions. Um, I think it was where it went. Got sold, yeah, Heritage. Um, and that sold for $114,000, right? Just because it was sealed and it was like immaculate condition, like never been opened, always been in a Perspex case and all that sort of stuff. Um, but this one is apparently slightly unique. There's only a few made like this. Um, and it went up and it got a record price of $156,000 for this sealed title because where it says Super Mario Bros. 3, and obviously everyone knows the picture of, of Super Mario Bros. 3, it's Mario in the little raccoon suit flying. And mm-hmm. um, the Bros covers the glove, whereas right. everyone else's copy of it, the it's in the space between like his ear and the three, where there's mm-hmm. enough space for it to make Bros and not be in the way of anything. So because it's there, it's, it's gotten stupidly rare. It's it's utterly ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, the, the one thing I'd love to know is back in the day when the NES came out, who bought this game and was like, one day, one yeah. day, number three is going to be the most valuable thing I'll ever possess. So I will keep hold of this. Not Super Mario 1, <laughs> you know, which kickstarted everything. You've gone, the third one's going to be the one that's going to make us the money. And just sealed, I kept it yeah, sealed and put it somewhere. It, keeping it one for me, one for an investment. Yeah. And noticed, hang on, the glove is in the wrong place. Yeah, it's, 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 it's weird though, isn't it? Because like, I don't think about um, uh, Super Mario 2. Like, I don't really remember what happened in Super Mario 2 at all. And yet, Super Mario 3, I remember quite a bit because you could fly and you could do cool stuff. So it's weird, isn't it? Because it's like, I don't, the first yeah, game, of course, first game's iconic. Always remember it. Second one, like, I remember the cover had Super Mario after you had like the, the, the flower and you could spit fireballs. That's all I remember. That's literally isn't, all I remember about number two. Isn't that the thing though? Isn't number two what what became the last levels when it was finally released? So, yeah, so the actual Super Mario Brothers 2 is the Lost Levels. The Super Mario Brothers 2 that was released over here was a different game completely, but then they were like, shit, we need a game quickly Um, that's slightly different than this for the Western audience. So they went, can we just put Mario in this instead? And just, like, literally, the the bosses, apart from Bowser, everything's the same. So that's why all the enemies are different in it. That's why it's got the, the... it looks as though you're in like a, a mini theater play and it's like it ends up being a dream mm. um, at the end of it because it was based on another game completely. They altered the start of it, which is why it's like, oh, surprisingly, it was all a dream and why there was four characters to choose from. So just Mario and Luigi because um, they basically just stole someone else's game and went, have that. But yeah, you're right. It's him and a little turnip that he's launching in the blue sky. Um, it's a great game. I, I'd love. To, I think Super Mario Brothers Two R One is severely underrated. Like everyone slags it off because obviously it's like the Silent Hill Four. Um, everyone slags off Silent Hill Four because it wasn't a Silent Hill game. They were like they got through all of this game and then they were like, right, hang on a minute, 
you know, that, why don't we just slap Silent Hill on it and just retheme it around Silent Hill? And they're like, yeah, okay, we'll make money from that. And they did the same through Mario Brothers 2. And it's like, they're both great games, like massively underrated titles. But because obviously of that, everyone's like, oh, no, it's the worst in the franchise. Like, it's really not. Like, it's, it's, not. it's weird to say that because when you said that, it made me think of, um, and not necessarily for the exact same reason, but it may, I don't, obviously, you know, everyone knows that I'm not a massive Resident Evil player. I don't do well with horror games in general. However, Resident Evil 4 really always confused me because and again i got this from watching people play as opposed to playing myself but it felt very much like it was a different game because the zombie element was like the loosest part of it almost and it felt it felt to me like that was a similar thing where it maybe it was a you know a different game which they then thought oh no we'll make it resident evil title i don't know if that's i don't know any of the story behind it but that's kind of always how it felt to me because it didn't it didn't feel at all like the previous games um and there's zombie elements to it yeah, it, so what happened was Resident Evil 4 had about three or four different versions of what it was going to be. Um, but they had, so originally you had obviously Resident Evil 1 to 3, and then you had uh, Code Veronica that come out, and then you also had the Dino Crisis series in between it all. Um, and Capcom were just getting reputation, the reputation for just cranking out the exact same thing. Um, I can't remember his name. I think it's Mikami, Sigura Mikami or something like that, who's the guy who created um, Resident Evil, was like, let's do something completely different then. So just came in and was like, right, that's that fucking completely mix it all up. Um, and did number four, and I was like, actually, no, I think we've we strayed a bit too far away. Mm. And it was like, okay, so why don't we just, instead of having it as like the zombies, what we'll do is we'll have this new virus that's come out, and this is what's happening. So that's why it's a shift away from the zombies, and it's this new uh, uh, virus or whatever it's called um, that has come through, and that's why it's set in a completely different part of the the world. Because um, they just need to try and make it fresh to be like basically turn around to everyone and be like, "Fuck you! Look, we can do something different." And then it went amazing. So then number five and six were like, "Hey, let's follow suit. This is brilliant." And then yeah, it basically just the formula got watered down and watered down, and watered down again. And then everyone like, look, it's just getting more more ridiculous now. Just awful. Shape it back up again. So that's why Resident Evil 7 is a uh, first person. Because you're like, okay, let, let, let's mix it all up and make it completely different. And let's, let's try and start fresh and go back to the actual horror routes mm-hmm. instead of the action titles. Um, but yeah, I mean, Resident Evil 4, like, that's, <laughs> that's probably, my, in my opinion, the most overrated Resident game of all time. Like everyone seems to love it, and apparently, so Capcom got hacked, didn't they? Um, I don't know if you you know the, the other week, um, and some scary stuff happened. Like the the leaked the names and addresses and telephone numbers of loads of Capcom employees, um, sure. which is just awful. Um, but they also le- uh, leaked a load of titles that are going to be coming out. So we are definitely going to be getting a Dragon's Dogma two. Uh, which is coming out. We're going to be getting a um, like the, the usual bog standard Capcom games, but more surprisingly, they've actually put down we're going to get a remake um, of Resident Evil 4. So not even just like a remastered, you know, shiny version. They're actually going to completely from the ground up redo Resident Evil 4 again as well, because um, you know it hasn't been out on as many consoles as as, yeah. as they needed it to be. They've done very well though, haven't they? These remakes that they've been doing. 
Yeah, but the thing is that they've they've completely changed it up with with one to three. Um, like one of my like my all time favorite Resi game is is obviously Resident Evil One because it's just that intro is just chef kiss beautiful. Um, but the, the entire game was 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 phenomenal, and two was great, and and three was was stunning. But I love that with the with the remakes that they've started coming out and doing. It's like they've they've just put brand new layers on everything, added new puzzles to it, doing new sections to them, making everything all different. And it's it feels like you're playing a fresh game, even though you know the premise. So like with Resident Evil Two, for example's sake, you've got the um the 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 big dude, Mr. X, who just fucking he stalks you all the way through instead of just like a certain section like he did in Resident Evil Two originally. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, let's add some tense like atmosphere to it. Let's have it all the way through. Is brilliant and number three they've they've added like a load of new things and bits and pieces number three i haven't had as much chance to play it obviously because it came out just after oliver um, and whatnot so i haven't had a chance to give it the full attention it deserves but from what i've seen obviously they've, they've mixed up a lot of it and obviously changed the camera angles and stuff like that to it so you know i think resident before because it was looking good anyway at its time and with resident evil like two and three remakes that have came out they've sort of had a, a similar sort of you know over the shoulder type shooty mechanic it's I, I can't see how four is gonna go oh my god that's a complete different fresh take on it unless they go hey it's a first person or they go to static cameras <laughs> if they do static camera ones then i'll be all over it because um, that that's the only thing that i, I do miss uh, with the Resident Evil uh, two and three remake, is the fact that it's not you know like the the cameras in the top corner of the of the room, and it follows it around on each individual thing. Like I miss that to me part of the suspense and the thing was you go into the next corner of the room and all of a sudden there's a zombie right in front of you and you shit yourself. Like you don't have that in two and three because it's of the you know the engine is so good and our consoles are now so powerful it can render everything it needs to do so. You, you lack that little bit of ooh, but mm. they are they are damn good but it I does surprise me that it took so long for him to get a first person resident evil because for me like despite the fact that there were there were definitely scary moments of all the games that preceded them in that franchise like the idea of walking into a place first person view and the zombie coming out at you from a side room or something that would properly shit me up yeah. <laughs> like way more than anything in the other games you know that's it. Like the thing I I loved with the so the original Resident Evil um, when it came out on the on the PC and stuff, uh, PC well, did come on the PC but on the PlayStation um, was because it wasn't powerful enough to to load up everything straight away on the on the PlayStation. You had to come up with the unique load screen, which was the the door. So when you approach the door in first person, the door opens and you go through into the next room. Nine times out of ten. It's just a black screen with the door and you go through. But every now and again, there'll be a zombie just in that load screen. And you're like, oh, fuck. And it's just like proper like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. But it wouldn't be directly in front of you. Nine times out of ten, when you actually get into that room, it'd be somewhere in that room. Like, oh, my God. Right. Okay. So it's somewhere. But you always had that. Oh, let's keep it fresh. Oh, that's a bit nice. But, yeah, the first person, like, was it when I sold my um, the, the PlayStation 4, the dude who bought it was, was lovely. Um he was mental. So I had a text from him um, to say, I'm going to rock up. Don't be alarmed. I'm wearing a cowboy hat and boots. I was like, um, <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> Interesting. Um, and he was the most Texas sound in person, like ever. Um, and I was like, wow, that's <laughs> like he, he was brilliant. He's like quite an old dude, but apparently he's a delivery driver, and apparently he used to get kicks from like the customers when he rocks up at the door in his cowboy hat and boots so they're like oh make a joke out of it and that was like his thing to start like the uh the banter from through but you come to collect it and i was like do you want to step in and he's like no no it's fine i was like well i want to show you that everything is in here and everything works fine and stuff and he was like i've never had a, a vr headset thing before he was like got a feeling i'm probably gonna you know be sick or you know if it's going to be too scary for me no matter what it is i play and i was like don't play resident evil 7 then <laughs> and he was like, fine, I went. Honestly, like I love me horror games, but Resident Evil Seven definitely shit me up massively. It's like it's one of the best experiences I've ever had when I've been gaming, but also the scariest thing I've ever had when I've been gaming. Is that it's just it's fantastic like that. And he's like, ah, well, to be fair, my brother's got a weak heart, so this will probably be what I need to see him off. It's like, wow. <laughs> And I was like, fuck me. But he was he was so funny. And then I was like, as, as soon as it went, I just had that, like, I think this is the first time I've been sad to see something go. So it's just like, oh. I thought you got rid of all your retro yeah. consoles. I did. I, that's what I say. I don't have a, I don't have a console yeah. at all. I've got nothing. No. Um, but I think the sad thing, obviously, getting rid of the retro consoles is, you know, that was heartbreaking rather than, but. I kept them obviously for Oliver and stuff, um, but yeah, there was reasons why they had to go. So I was like, you know, what, I've got the four, and then I was like, oh, I'll be fine. I'll get the five at some point, and then obviously Sony like, oh, don't expect any any sort of stock until after like Christmas. Expect it about Feb time. I'm like, ah, February. It's quite a long time to be around a console now. It's sold. <laughs> oh, there's a question about that. There's a question about the uh, the, the stock levels, right? How come? And you could say, oh, because the demand is unprecedented. Okay, yeah, whatever. Like they, Sony and Microsoft both have been floating this, these releases for a long time, and they both go, yeah, they sold. Oh, we're all out. Sorry, it's going to be a long time. And like, I know coronavirus, I know all that, but you're telling me they haven't got factories churning this stuff out? Like, come on, guys, why you got all these delays? Why, why isn't it available anywhere? But there's, there's a massive part of me that is genuinely thinking that they do have a warehouse full of them. And all they're doing at the minute is drip feeding it to get the headlines and get the cash. Because there's the amount of times you could go into, so like the, I know obviously like, like you just said, the coronavirus and blah, 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 it's got a huge impact on it and stuff. But I, there's not a time where you could never walk into a, like a Tesco's or a, a game and just be like, right, can I have an Xbox One? I'm like, yeah, sure. Like even on launch day, there's like, oh yeah, we've only got a few spare. And then you go in the back and there's like 40,000 and like, oh, there's only a couple left on the shelves. So, oh. But now it's literally a case of, yeah, we've got nothing and don't expect anything. But it's in all the, the papers, in all the headlines. I like admittedly scalpers are making a fucking killing. Um, but there's a massive part of it thinking, I wonder if it's because usually they sell too, like they make too many for the for the demand so they lose a lot of money in the forefront whereas now it's easy for them to gauge sort of the, the money they're going to be making so they'll be like okay I tell you what release a few more and release a few more and just drip feed it through that way so they know they're not going to just be like whacking out a huge volume of them and just lose out on a load of money it's just i don't know there's, there's something that just doesn't sit like you were saying something that doesn't sit right at all because 
there's so many they i'm pretty sure these be classed as key workers because they're bringing entertainment to <laughs> households yeah so so you know there's no excuse for why they can't be in a factory doing this so why can't they and why haven't they it doesn't it doesn't make much sense so yeah uh, yeah it's a very confusing one to be fair but at the same yeah. time it gives me more time to play wow so yeah, i'm all <laughs> right with that and also for everything to figure out all their faults so obviously when it launched over here in the, the uk <clears throat> they already had a day one patch for the system up uh, system updates and the firmware for the the playstation to make sure because after all everyone kicking off that nothing was working right and um, when it did launch over in the states and japan they were like don't worry right sort it for the uk release and apparently it did have you seen now that the quick function the uh, quick resume function on the xbox very rarely works and most of the yeah. major titles now have taken it off their actual <laughs> service so i'm like well until they get that resolved that's probably not going to be a thing um which is just mad and like cyberpunk's out in the world on the ps4 now like people are actually playing it and streaming it even though it shouldn't be sold yet <laughs> it's like it's not out till next month but you know like that it does look damn good you can watch someone playing it um i you just type i can't remember his name oh what the fuck was his name uh there's some dude's name who was um who basically went i know i'm gonna get in trouble for this but fuck it and just start streaming it on Twitch. Um, and he streamed like 20 minutes until he got shut down. <laughs> but apparently you can still watch it. It's up live there, the first 20 minutes of, um, of Cyberpunk 2077 on the PS4. And even on the PS4, damn, it looks good. Mm-hmm. Like, it really does look good. It was one of those titles that I was like, you know what? I don't really have um, a great amount of interest in it. And I think it's going back to talking about changing things up massively with cd project red i'm used to their rpgs being like proper full-on medieval type you know the witcher mm-hmm. series and then like hey here's a first person futuristic uh, rpg so i'm like so it's like deus ex but it is it any different than deus ex and i wasn't really that bothered about it and then i watched this and i'm like oh that looks nice like oh that looks that looks really nice okay <laughs> Now you have me. Now I'm very fucking interested because it looks stunning. And gameplay-wise, it looks awesome. Well, I, I've got a different relationship with Cyberpunk because I used to, I played the, the original you know um, tabletop role-playing game, the old book version, Cyber, well, what it was called Cyberpunk 2020 because it was released in like the late 80s. So the t- 2020 yeah. was the future. Um, we'll never get to 2020. Yeah, we'll be flying, <laughs> flying cars. Um but so I played that role-playing game. So you know, characters like Johnny Silverhand and stuff like they—they were characters in Cyberpunk 2020. Um, and I, I gotta say, I'm, I am pretty stoked about the idea of playing a game set in Night City because I did a lot of role-playing in that and a lot of uh, street samurai crime type stuff. So uh, yeah, pretty pretty excited. And I think is not having played The Witcher and everyone saying how great The Witcher 3 was. And then CD Projekt Red doing this, and them having a you know pedigree as being a really good publisher, then I'm I'm into it. I am into it. Don't know when I'll have mm. time to play it, as you well know, Reg. But I'm definitely going to give it a solid go because I want to play this game. Yeah, I was telling one of the lads that I work with because um, he was he, all he's been going on about is that is Cyberpunk 2077 sole reason for him breathing at the minute. Um, 
And I was like, yeah, I said, well, I'm allowed to do, do the pod with Dave. I said, he's he's massively into it. And he's like, like massively into it, like how? You know, it's not even out yet. Because like, he's been playing the tabletop game it's based on. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I knew it was based on a, on a tabletop game. I was like, you didn't, did you? And he's like, yeah, I did. I'm like, no, no, you didn't. It's like, well, I might not have done no, but, you know, now I know I'm good. So we went off and then he came back like about two days later. And he's like, so I've been watching a load of uh, YouTube videos of people playing. I was like, fuck's sake. <laughs> but I was like, but he's just, he's massively into the whole prospect of this, like stupidly excited about it. Um, but in fact, yeah, we, this is the first one we've done since the, the launch, isn't it, of the PS5? Uh, since the yeah. UK launch. Yeah. yeah, right, cool. So it hit Thursday, uh, Thursday I think, when um, it was coming through. Um, <laughs> so we were, I was sitting in work, had a, usually we have a, um, a phone call at about half eight, quarter to nine in the morning to say, right, what's the plan for the day? What roles you're working on? What are we doing? Um, and PlayStation launch day hit, logged on, had my brew, got my call list ready of like what I'm going to be doing for the day and whatnot. And the phone call happened, and he was like, right, lad, shut up, calm down. Reg, you've got, um, I had AO, Argos, Ferry, and uh, Cough, uh, Dixon's PC World to look at. You give Mike a load of other websites to look at, and he's like, the hunt is now. Whoever finds a PS5 first for me wins half a day off, um, and I will give you my credit card details right now. Three, two, one, let's go. I was like, uh, okay. And it was the first time Ash has had a day off in the week for ages. Um, and I was literally, I was like, I swear I am so fucking busy with work. I'm just literally up until three o'clock in the afternoon looking. Didn't do a single fucking thing apart from look for a fucking PS5 uh, for my boss. Um, but as I was doing it, Mike was like, oh, my God, they've got one on. Um, they've got one on AO. And I was like, oh, amazing. He was like, oh, no, it's not. It's very. And I was like, shit, I should have been on very. I'm so sorry. I was doing work in between it. Um, and he's like, should I buy it? Um, Mark didn't respond. And he was like, fuck it. I'm going to get it myself then. So he got it. Um, he was like, sat in the queue, finally managed to get it. And then Mark was like, I've got one in the John Lewis. He's like, I've, 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 it. I've got one. I've got one. I was like, buzzing. Um, and then about 20 minutes later, he got an email through going, I'm sorry, we over-predicted how many people actually had it in their basket. You don't you don't possess a PS5. And he's like, ah, oh, you bastard. He's like, we'll refund you. It'll take up to seven to ten days. He was like, oh, that's bullshit. What? And he's like, I haven't even got anything yet. It was a fucking, it, that's just bullshit. He was like, fuck. So he upped the limit on his credit card and was like, right, okay, then let's, let's go. And then just we kept going, and he eventually managed to get one quarter to five um, from game of all places. Um, yes. And then they were like, "You'll get yours up by the second of December." Um, and Mike was due to have his on the sat this Saturday coming up. Um, and then they were both dead excited about it because Mike had no interest in getting the PS5 yet. He was like, "I'm going to wait till the next model because everything I possess is black, and this is white, and I don't want the white console. I want the black console, and it'll have a bigger memory." I, like and I don't and me and Mark were just like we're going to get PS5s today we're going to get PS5s today and like so excited about it um, and he got caught up in hype and just fucking bought a PS5 and he was like shit I've got to tell the wife now I've just bought a PS5 like what am I going to do um, and then he was the only one for ages that had one um, and his was coming on the Saturday and he's like I don't even have enough time to think shit I can, I can sell this I can do this and everything will be alright um, so he told his missus like yeah so this is happening it's going to turn up on Saturday and I'm sorry um, and then he got an email through that was literally like going, 
Right, yeah, um, you do have one, but it's not going to be at the actual guaranteed time we thought it was going to be. Um, you're now looking towards the 20th, no, 13th of December um, is when it's going to be coming through. And he was like, fuck, that's, that's a lot longer than I expected it, seems it's going to occur up on Saturday. So Mark started laughing, going, well, I'll have mine before yours, sucker. Start laughing. Then Mark got an email through going, yeah, you're going to have yours between the 20th and the 31st of December. <laughs> and he was like, oh, man. So he's had a gr- just shy of it. No, in fact, it was over a grand because both times he had to buy it with an extra pad in order to secure um, a PS5. He couldn't have it just by itself. So he spent over a grand and he still doesn't have anything yet in his possession. <laughs> I was like, how, how brutal is that? <laughs> And I was like, it's just awful. But this made me laugh. And then I was, I just started winding mic up going, well, yeah, you know what? I'm probably going to wait now, seeing as you've got these issues. I'm probably just going to wait for the next model, you know, where the black is going to have the more memory <laughs> to make sure everything's going to be nice and pretty. Um, and then hit Black Friday. And I was like, oh, Black Friday week's up. All right, so I'm going to start buying shit now. So I started buying Christmas presents and stuff and then realized that I just blew all the fucking money I sold the PS4 for, so now I can't afford a PS5. And I'm like, oh, oh no, I was only joking to begin with, but now I physically don't have the money to do so. <laughs> so I am going to have to wait until they come into some retail stores and then be like, right, I can afford one now, let's go. <laughs> well, I've got one really important question from all of that story. Yep. And, and that is, if you're the sort of person that wants to wear a cowboy hat all the time, do you... Would you really need feel the need to announce it to anyone to say, I'm not weird, I just wear a cowboy hat? I think it's because his thing is to me is when you open up the door at nine o'clock to somebody on a Saturday night during COVID times, you want to make sure you know who's arriving at your door. Right. And because he had the mask on as well, it was just sort of a case of like you could only see his eyes and like the rest of his beard because he had a proper ZZ top beard like all the way down. It was like it was a beautiful, beautiful beard. Um, but yeah, apparently he he has to announce it. And I don't know why. But then I he told me his entire backstory and everything. Like it, he was an he was a nutter, an absolute nutter. Um, to be fair, but yeah. So I wish him all the best with his. Um, but the one thing that did did frustrate me was I, I sold everything and I fucking stupidly put Shenmue one and two in the um, in the pile. Kept three away from the side. But forgetting about Shenmue 1 and 2, that was in the collection. And he sent me one. He sent me a uh, text going, um, Shenmue 1 and 2 disc isn't in the isn't in the case. Do you think it's going to be in the uh, in the console? And I was like, Shenmue 1 and 2 case. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. I saw Shenmue 1 and 2. And I was like, no, I don't possess a copy of Shenmue 1 or 2. And I'm like, fuck. Right. Okay, I was like, it shouldn't be in the console, no, because it it hasn't wasn't the last game I played. It was Shenmue Three was the last game I played, so it wouldn't be in there. Uh, Shenmue Three isn't in my collection. I was like, no, you're right, it's not, because it wasn't in the offer. <laughs> no. I was like, it's literally sat at my desk. Um, so I was like, don't worry, I'll I'll find the uh, I'll find the game and send it off, or give me the case, and I'll knock fifteen quid off the uh, and give you fifteen quid back. It's completely up to you, whatever you want to do. He was like, oh, just find me the disc, it's fine. And I was like, okay, we'll do. 15 um, quid. Reg, you can buy that for about eight. I don't care. Um, just give me one second, sorry. Um, that's right, stop now. That's just found me ringing. She's gone up to check Oliver. But um, yeah, I was just like, right, um, I can sort that. I was like, no, no, don't worry. Just send, send me the disc when you find it. No rush. And I was like, okay. And I don't know why I did it, but 
I, I put Shenmue 1 and 2 in the Shenmue 3 case along with Shenmue 3. And I don't know why I've done that. Because I don't know when I've done that either. <laughs> I must have done that such a long time ago. just completely forgot. Um, but it wasn't in its its case. But, you know, I will, um, I'll have that. And I've also found out as well I do have a second copy. So I'm all right. So I might yeah. give it to him at some point. <laughs> so... Yeah, that was that was my sharing interest. the love, Reg. Introducing another person to the wondrousness of Shemu. Indeed, indeed, and it's a very beautiful thing to share. Also, on the day of the launch of the PS5, Shemu One and Two came out on Steam, so it was a very momentous yeah, day. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I always like when you share Shemu stories with us, Reg. Makes me feel warm. Makes me feel like you must feel when I talk about Mass Effect for hours on end. Well, this is the <laughs> thing that got me because because Dan mentioned Mass Effect and I thought shit. Not having this, I, I can't can't not have a Shenmue story. Yeah. Um, so I so I had to to do that. So makes, there you go, guys. Also, makes me feel st- feel confused. I still don't know what's going on. It's a game about a killer whale, uh, so it's fine. Um, so I got a new phone as well and got very excited so i asked dan where you guys got your personalized nerd od phone cases for mm. so i could get one and then i was like you know what fuck it now i'm gonna have a shemu one and i'm gonna have a shemu phone case because nice. that's much better than the nerd od one um and then i had an email through after just getting it now to say you don't own the copyright for that fuck you and i was like oh <laughs> okay i won't have the personalized shemu phone case then um so i've gone for something different, different which does include i don't know if this is going to be okay or not because i don't know how you found out if it worked or not it has got nerd od in it it's like a little mini collage thing and it's got nerd od stuff in there so it says do you own the copyright for this and i was like yes because i think we do, do. <laughs> it's not co- it's not copyrighted oh. <laughs> then we're all right then yeah my my dad still has um uh that nerd od case on his uh on the phone i gave him <laughs> so oh. he's up in scotland somewhere with the nerd od Reckon case us. he's uh yeah represent Nice. With official merch. That's what we like. I'm waiting for the day where he messages me being like, someone came up to me today and uh, asked me if I listened. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when um, when someone texted me that I know and said, oh, my days, I've just seen someone walking around with a Nerd OD t-shirt around Cheshire Oaks. <laughs> and it was me. And I was like, well, we don't sell them, so yeah, that must be one of the guys because we're having a meeting we're we're having a meeting at the uh, harvester if i remember correctly yeah <laughs> it's like yeah do i tell him this or do i just go oh yeah well yeah, there's a few of them out there i one day sir one day, one we st- day. i need to get back on that red bubble and finalize that so at least if anybody is interested in having them they can have them because no. You know, there's that. and now Doddy's got his Southern Games stuff up there, and I was like, shit. Yeah, we, we really need to start putting L's on there, and then just having like a little bit of a copyright of Nerd OD <laughs> at the bottom of his Southern Games stuff. Exactly. One day. One day. So. Thanks. And with that, I think uh, I think it's time to peace out. You bring it to a gentle close. Hmm. Like a like a warm embrace, just at the end when you you just release the pressure because everyone knows the hug is over any longer and it will be weird. And also, the fun... it's COVID, so we shouldn't be hugging. 
Oh, I said like an embrace. Don't ruin yeah. my analogy. <laughs> don't ruin my beautiful moment with virus talk. All right. Well, don't 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 come anywhere near me. You're riddled. I am not riddled. If it helps, I do have 11 different tabs open of stories I want to talk about today. But during the office talk, I thought, this isn't going to end (laughs) ever. So I closed closed everything in there thinking like, yeah, that's not going to happen. And then towards the end, I was like, shit, hang on, this is finishing about it. We need to reopen up these tabs again. Yeah, Um, potentially, Reg, you could have watched half an episode of The Office while we were talking about it. I know, but I prefer to do decent things. But do you say that because you've never watched it, but it's now become one of these things that you will insist you, you'll never watch, like Napoleon Dynamite? Uh, or Have you not seen Napoleon Dynamite? Yeah, no, I, I, this is so... It got it, ruined. So the office is, the US office is the same as yeah. what happened with Napoleon Dynamite, where oh, Kim and so everyone kept talking and saying, oh my God, this is the best thing you're ever going to watch. And I was like, okay, brilliant. So like a year later, I was like, I'm going to watch it. And I was like, yeah, it's not funny. It's not you've well overhyped this. The same as I, the US office, the same as Gavin and Stacey. I made you There's um, so I, many things. I made you a delicious bath. It means nothing to me. <laughs> Out of all the quotes that you could take from Napoleon Dynamite. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> so I'm just glad that I got into Scott Pilgrim before Very we start so. talking about it. Because otherwise oh, I've ruined that so film for so many people. Yeah, <laughs> proud of it. So yeah, so there you go. I I I have watched a couple of episodes of the U.S. Office. Might have laughed like once. It, but no, it's definitely one of those things not. where you need to watch it a lot before you really get into it, and then when you really do get into it, it's you know you sort of in. It, it, I I it was a second time I tried to be honest. I got through the first season. Um, first season's hard first season's uh, the... just a re- redoing of the um, hang on hang on hang on we're talking about the office again we already said goodbye yeah, <laughs> we already said goodbye to me we can't be back yeah. on the Reg was making a point about how we spoke about the office for four and a half hours <laughs> and you've gone back onto it no. Reg I mean you're partly to blame here you reopened this door but... yes, I'm, I'm editing it so I'm just going to cut out <laughs> all of the office talk and just have a three minute pod <laughs> so it's fun I think I think basically if you can get past diversity there you're fine. Mm-hmm. Right, we're out of here. Let's go. Bye yep. everyone. It has Good been a pleasure. Bye. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. Bye.